You're listening to the Higher Ed Marketing Lab. I'm your host, Jared Smith. Welcome to the Higher Ed Marketing Lab. I'm Jared Smith. Each episode, it's my job to engage with some of the brightest minds in higher ed and the broader world of marketing to find actionable insights you can use to level up your school's marketing and enrollment efforts. This is part two of a two-part episode in which we explore how the University of the Ozarks, a small private liberal arts university in rural Arkansas, has managed to consistently grow enrollment despite the challenges facing small private schools. If you haven't already listened to part one yet, I encourage you to start there. Not only will you get some important context for our discussion, but you'll also walk away with some fantastic insights. In part two, Reggie Hill, Vice President of Marketing and Enrollment at the University of the Ozarks, and Amy Lloyd, Ozarks Director of Marketing, continue to dig into the key factors that have allowed their institution to thrive, and in one case, generate a 30% year-over-year increase in enrollment. We hear what Amy learned when she started attending recruitment events, and how Ozarks has focused their recruitment and marketing activities for maximum impact. By the way, this included foregoing a traditional view book and replacing it with something else designed to generate even more impact. We wrap up by hearing how Amy and Reggie productively approach internal resistance to new ideas and how they focus on the long game. This was an incredible conversation that I hope will both inspire and challenge you as you think about your own marketing and enrollment efforts. So enough from me. Let's jump into part two of my conversation with Reggie Hill and Amy Lloyd. You asked the question, is it how do you remain relevant? What we do is we synthesize the connection between enrollment and marketing. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Amy says, I want to recruit. Why does she want to recruit? Because she wants to understand the experience yes. of the admission counselors, right? Yep. So how could you build a marketing strategy if you don't know what the experience is like for the person who's actually enrolling the students? Yep. The vice president of enrollment actually still recruits and has a territory because I want to know the experience of the admissions team and what they may go through. Right. The president still is involved in enrollment because, again, going from a small liberal arts university and trying to build scale and trying to grow at a rapid pace, all stakeholders at the university has to be involved in enrollment management. Yeah. And I want to put that into perspective, a, a yeah. real-life example. One, I want to say that Reggie still hasn't let me recruit a student yet. I'm like just trying to bring one in, okay? But he has let me. I will bring that full circle. And the real-life example of that is I went to a college fair with mm-hmm. Reggie and Taylor, who is one of our awesome admission counselors. And so going to that college fair, you know, you put the tablecloth on, you put your pieces out there, which marketing made or yeah. de- helped design. Mm-hmm. One, the first thing I noticed was we designed the travel piece. We designed the pop-up banner, right? Your mm-hmm. standard pop-up banner. We ordered tablecloths. Yeah. Purple is our color. So we did them all purple because it was a marketing request. And then they all go on the same table. Yeah. And I didn't love it. It still <laughs> looks fine. Yeah. But I'm sitting here thinking like, yeah, it was How good. Could this be and it looked great. Yeah. But mm-hmm. If we as marketing, if me and my team and the two awesome designers that we have would have set the table up and said, when counselors go, this is how the table is going to look. So if they put the travel piece on the purple tablecloth and it comes full circle, it would be cool if it was this against Mm -hmm. the purple and it's going to catch someone's eye walking by. Yep. Then the next step of that is I attended the college fair. So I got over the table. Mm -hmm. I scoped out everyone else's table. And then I acted like a student and stole some examples. 
because that's what you do in marketing. But then I stood behind that table and I watched two of my coworkers hustle. Yeah. And the hustle is harder <laughs> than I ever one, now I no longer mm-hmm. want to recruit. So Richie's <laughs> off the hook. Like I no longer, I don't want to stand behind that table. It is intimidating. I get my feelings hurt when I get rejected. Like <laughs> right. someone walks by and I'm like, but you don't understand we're great. Like come like you didn't get it. Not right. interesting. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. but, but no, and so I'm like, or you see them walk in and it's from the beginning of you see them walk in and you know who knows about Ozarks and you don't. Mm-hmm. You know when their eye hits that in that split second, if mm-hmm. they recognize who you are and what you stand for, or if they do not. Like, I haven't been the same since. Yeah. And I went back and I'm like, ladies, listen, like to our designers, I'm like, this is a bigger picture. We get to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. Like, And so I don't think, one, that I would have respected the hustle that they have in everything they do near as much. And two, I'm invested in that table now. Right. I'm invested or, in making or, it better. Or even in the high school visit experience, right? Attending high school visit experiences and giving presentations to classrooms and mm-hmm. you know what the visual aid should look like, right? So we're given the PowerPoint. So the PowerPoint you would make to high school visits, I'm like, okay, I get to hear the real life questions these students are asking. Mm-hmm. What content are we missing? What are Reggie or whoever it may be conveying that's taking a little more time mm-hmm. to convey? What visual aids would help send this message home in addition to words? And how can it be consistent, know. right? Consistency yeah. and being coherent is very important. Every presentation should look and feel the same, and mm-hmm. you should communicate the same message no matter if you're in Northwest Arkansas, Southern Arkansas, Central Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we send admission councils off into those regions, the message is different. Right. Yeah, and that's powerful. So we go to one area, and it's all about out-of-state, and we're competing with out-of-state, which I do not realize because it's not very far down the road, versus another school. It's like it's all local, and it's a local market, and how do we appeal to local? Mm -hmm. How does that change the creative? How does my message go to what they're trending as shop local? Mm -hmm. Um, That local, this is what can do for you, hometown, love, feel good, to now I'm competing with out-of-state, and Mm -hmm. it's saying— you know, where I'm competing with regional. So these students grew up in a very industrial global world. And so now it's how can I market in this area, our study abroad in our international opportunities or our uh, international studies program mm-hmm. and international business so that when they go off, they're prepared to live or to be in a global environment. Mm-hmm. And they know, okay, I'm going to come back home. And I'm surrounded by these large companies that are international. And so if I go to Ozarks and I get to travel and I get to experience these things, I'm going to be better prepared to come back here. Mm-hmm. They're all within probably 200 miles of each other. And those messages are dramatically different. And I never understood that until I went here and I I heard somebody give the same pitch that we gave 50 miles down the road and the response and the reaction was very different. Mm-hmm. And it's also, I learned it was exhausting. Yeah. So it also tells me, I have a huge respect for it because we went to a college from one to four o'clock yesterday, yeah. actually. Mm-hmm. We just went to one. I'm still tired today. So we went to one, one to four and I'm like, I'm exhausted. And this is normal to them. Like, they're like, okay, where are we going to eat? I'm like, I thought we were napping. Like, <laughs> but the heart that they have for students, that's again, what makes Ozark special. Yeah. And it just makes you have a greater respect for colleagues, which I think then challenges you to work harder as well. And we spend a lot of time developing a relationship with those stakeholders in those Mm -hmm. regions. That is probably one of the most important things that a university leadership, and especially enrollment marketing leadership, Mm -hmm. can do. We think about the things that are more visible. 
But the thing that is invisible that no one wants to talk about is those relationships and the continuity of those relationships Mm -hmm. that can yield dividends for universities as it relates to enrollment. Yeah. You know, there's so many interesting sort of themes that I hear from y'all. And I I hear it from other folks in the industry too. I think as we kind of grapple with this kind of crazy new world where marketing tactics have very short shelf life and it really pays to understand precisely who your customer is. Uh, You know, one of them is it reminds me of an old saying that no good marketing happens behind a desk, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what you're talking about. It's about getting out, interfacing Mm -hmm. with folks, really hearing firsthand what they're saying and Mm -hmm. And the nonverbals and how they, they're feeling and seeing that, how they're responding to your messages in real time. The other piece, the other kind of theme that I hear over and over again is this idea of what some people refer to as the, the T-shaped professional. So it's like you've got all these different disciplines mm-hmm. and you as a professional – you know, kind of take a deep dive on one of those. You understand marketing, you understand recruitment, whatever it is. And that's kind of the, the vertical part of your T. But unless you have that sort of top part of the T that can span across disciplines and really understand what someone else's reality is, then the thicker that top part of the T gets, the better off the organization is. And it sounds like at Ozarks, you've really done a good job of cross-pollinating that information and helping people really understand the reality of and what's going on. And those are your ancillary relationships, right? Yep. Whether it's with Echo Delta, whether it's with, you know, a film company that we work with mm-hmm. in the Atlantic, or whether it's with, the, again, those stakeholders in those regions, whether it's international or domestic, those partnerships are vital to a survival of a university. Mm-hmm. And I think we talk a lot about admissions and enrollment, but in higher ed, more generically, what does it look like for advancement in alumni? So if you translate across, completely across to the other spectrum of the revenue-generating side of an institution, it's how does what we're doing with admissions and these students translate to once they graduate and their alums, which then these heat maps that we have of where we recruit, then because heat maps of where our alumni yeah. are, which that are brand reps without us having to be brand reps, mm-hmm. which has a synergy, which they donate, mm-hmm. which they come to homecoming, which there's, there's this positive organic buzz that is invaluable. Yeah. You cannot pay any amount of money to get that organically. Mm-hmm. And it's more powerful than any paid social spot we can, we can do. And let's kind of peel that back because, you know, continuity is important. When we first came to Ozarks, we brought up a heat map of our name by or our marketing strategy. And essentially what we saw is there was no rhyme and reason behind uh, why we did what we did. Mm-hmm. But when you reverse engineered where the students came from, where they graduated Ozarks and where they went back to, They were in smaller geographic locations, Mm -hmm. but the university totally missed the mark. And so what we did is we had to take a step back and trust ourselves and say, you know what? These are our primary markets. We're going to invest in these markets. Uh, Admission counselors are only going to go to these areas. That's it. We're only going to communicate in these areas and we're going to double down. And we saw a 30% increase in enrollment. A year over year, mm-hmm. and we're seeing positive enrollment trends, seven to ten percent each yeah. year. And I think that goes back to the same two words that we have when we started this. When we started talking about brand and authenticity, is own it. So mm-hmm. we're owning those markets. It's okay. There may be one student that doesn't live there that somebody's saying, "Why haven't you visited this school or this?" Mm-hmm. And that's okay. We own it. We own our markets, or we we do our best to own those markets. And so I think that's. Again, being transparent, we've started saying just kind of internally between our teams, like now we're at a point where we just want to say like, this is Ozarks. 
Like, mm-hmm. and that's it. Like, this is powerful. It, it is. There are flaws like anywhere. There are great things. And this is Ozarks. And we own that. And I think it translates from enrollment. It translates from branding. It translates from leadership. Again, it's not easy to own it. Yeah. It's the foundation. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we get caught up in the whole notion of tradition, right? Mm-hmm. And tradition, tradition, tradition. And we want to go back to those traditions. But the mission is is to move forward and understand the changing demographics, the changing socioeconomics um, of the state and the mm-hmm. region, and be able to apply a, a sound strategy towards those changing and moving demographics. Mm-hmm. So speaking of traditions— you guys did away with one of the traditional marketing pieces, <laughs> the view book. Yeah. You're a school that operates without a view book. Yes. Tell me how that came about. Because I know there's a lot of folks that were like, oh gosh, we could never not have a view book. Yeah, what is a view book? A magazine, right? Right. That ends up in maybe the, in mailbox, the, trash. And, oh, yeah, the mailbox. The mailbox. The circular trash. file. You have to ask your question. We're talking about student behavior, right? Mm-hmm. What a you know, 16, 17, 18 year old reads magazines now? Right. And so if you're layering it with that same concept, you're just wasting hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. on paper that no one ever consumes. Right. Simple. We talk about TV. A lot of universities are moving to advertising on TV. Mm-hmm. And the millennials and Gen Z are cable cutters. Right. So essentially, you're missing your target audience. Yeah. A lot of time is spent on radio, right? And yes. they're on streaming platforms. Right. So if you're on radio and they're on streaming platforms, you're missing your target audience. Yep. So not to say like, yes, 100%, they're not on TV. You're, right. mis- you know, you're wasting. It's not necessarily you're wasting. It'll come back around, by the way. We all <laughs> know there will be like, <laughs> there's going to be some kid. He's probably eight right now. It's going to have like an old tube box. Yes, right, just right, like right, the right, Nintendo right. did. Yeah. yeah. Um, everybody's playing Crash Card again on yeah. the Nintendo. But that's twofold. Right. Because, no, they're not on those platforms. However, that same content in video form is yep. the most valuable. valuable. It's mm-hmm. the most consumed. Mm-hmm. So it's the same content. And now we're seeing audio. We're, seeing, we're on a podcast. Yeah. Um, podcasts are popular. Mm-hmm. Streaming platforms are popular. And so we're seeing that video and audio still remain the top dogs, but where they are is what mm-hmm. is changing. Right. And so it's not to say that we don't value commercials. Right. We value video content, but we shoot our video content for social. Mm-hmm. We are transparent in that this is going to go on social. We don't need to shoot it for a commercial quality video that's two right. minutes when we know we're not going to you don't need a half million dollar shoot yes. to make this work. But I work. think everybody's still shooting yeah. commercials no matter where you're placing it. Correct. You're still shooting the standard commercial. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. That is the truth. And, and, you know, how do you place products um, within audio like podcasts? Mm-hmm. You know, anybody listening to this, if you have a son or daughter, apply to University of Ozarks at <laughs> www.ozarks.au forward slash apply. Right? So we'll put good. a link in the show <laughs> notes. Yeah, exactly. We need a, a bit.ly link so I can get the creds so, from this. No. So how do you find those spaces? And we talk about going to the market, right? So we expect the market to come to us, but you really have to go to the market and figure right. out where um, your audiences are place and position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the admin box. Mm-hmm. Admin box, yeah. So, so we're moving oh, yeah. beyond that. We keep shifting, right? This admin <laughs> right. box, and which I think is, I don't want to say revolutionary in terms of a concept for mm-hmm. how we deliver a celebration to our prospective students mm-hmm. or our acceptance students. Yeah, and I think that's so much of what I'm hearing from you all and, and is so interesting as you're saying. It's not that we're throwing audio or video out. It's just there's a new context. Yeah. It takes on a new form. And just like you said, okay, we're 
we're ditching the view book, mm-hmm. but we're not walking away from print and physical tangible items altogether. We're just going to invest in something else and that observation of it's not the mailbox, it's the doorstep. Yeah. It's maybe 30 feet away, but right. it is a completely different experience. Right. Could you talk a little bit about that? Because you've made some significant investment there. So here's part of the shift yeah. of audio and video. Exactly like you said, they're not going away. They're going differently. Mm-hmm. Print and printed pieces did not go away, away. completely for us. Right. But we went from 17 different little chotskis that we mm-hmm. handed out when you came along the way. And they all went away and we invested in one big piece. Yeah, this is interesting. And everybody knows this. You know, we give tens of thousands of dollars away of these things, you know, yeah. whether it's keychains, whether it's lanyards, whether it's stickers, you know, whether, whatever else at open houses and at acceptance students day. And we all know it ends up in the garbage can right outside of campus. Right. right? And so, but we continue to invest. And so we had this aha moment about the admit concept or the admit experience. Mm-hmm. And it really came from two frames, right? It came from social media and subscription boxes, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, Birchbox, whether it's BarkBox, whether it's Trunk Club, and then Amazon. Yep. And so we wanted to do something that was relevant to them and their experience. Mm-hmm. What 16, 17, 18-year-old doesn't like when their Amazon box uh, hits their desktop. Oh, yeah. It's like a little mini Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and understanding that you can really customize their experience mm-hmm. and deliver it to their doorstep was transformational for one not only higher ed, but also for University of Ozarks. And I know you all didn't just slap some chachis yeah. in a box. I mean, it really became like a story-telling story. vehicle. Yeah. And there's a lot more thought that went into that. And that's where authenticity meets being relevant, mm-hmm. right? And you want to talk about the admit concept. Yes. One thing that Reggie mentioned of two big inspirational pieces being subscription boxes and that trend mm-hmm. and then Amazon's rise. And so that's important in the sense of we need to point blank point out that that is not high red. Mm-hmm. So this concept came from something that was very industry and corporate and very not yep. higher ed. Mm-hmm. And that's the point where that's a shift. That's a shift mm-hmm. when we get to be different and we get to be in a space that maybe other institutions aren't yet. And so it's getting on social media and seeing BarkBox, buying into that whole thing of, okay, if that's what's trending, like, why couldn't we do that? I mean, why couldn't we— right. You know, deliver something like that. Again, it's a risk. It was a risk. It was very unconventional. Mm-hmm. And the biggest resistance you might get is internally, right? Right. People not wanting to make the shift because change is the one of the most difficult things to do, mm-hmm. um, especially in higher ed. But we know, as Amy mentioned, in other words, if you don't adapt, you die. Mm-hmm. So we had to believe not only in what we were seeing, but also in ourselves that we could pull this off because mm-hmm. many folks say, like, why would you ever do that? Mm-hmm. And we say, because we know that this will connect with our target audiences. Right. The admin box really played off those two things. Physically, the mm-hmm. box was intentionally too large to fit in a mailbox. Mm-hmm. So it had to be delivered to the doorstep. When you opened the box, there was a story on the lid. So again, like you were saying, this isn't just a box and we throw a keychain and a lanyard in it yeah. and say, here you go, here's a mm-hmm. t-shirt. It was very much of... From the time I see the creative on the outside till I open up, the design leads your eye. You you get into the story, um, you're invested, and then you get into the pieces. And by the time you get into the pieces, you've already been told the story. And so it's not you open a box full of chalkies, you're like, yeah, thanks, great. It was 
here's a buff. Maybe you're coming here as an athlete and you can wear this at practice for sweat. Maybe you're going to come here and you're going to hike all the time and it's something you put over your, your face or use it as a cooling rag or something like that. So it was really taking four pieces that they could see themselves using at Ozarks in whatever their environment may be. Maybe it's athletics. Maybe it's hammocking. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's outdoors. Whatever that is, you get these pieces you get a feel for Ozarks, and then you can see yourself using these pieces in whatever fits your, your personality. Right. And if this connects yeah. with you, you might be a right fit student for Ozarks. Right. That's the pretty story of it. What's the, the, the uncut version? Yeah, that's- <laughs> I think like even for us, it sounds like we get it all the time, but for me, I don't get it all the time. So one of the things that I learned in that process was I'm a marketer. So the traditional marketer, I get the first concept from this box from CNP. And so they're giving the pitch and they say, okay, you know, here's our story. Here you go. Take it. Let us know what you think. And as soon as we get off the phone call, I look at it. I'm like, Reggie, this canteen is cheap. I'm like, this is plastic. It is old school. This has got to go. Trust the process. And here's Reggie saying, okay, that is okay. After you call Katrina Hill and you let Katrina explain to you why that canteen is in there. Then if you still think we need to ditch the canteen, I support you. I'll support that. And I think Amy understood after having a conversation with staff from CMP Echo Delta, after having a conversation, she trusted the narrative, that it was a part of a larger narrative. This piece was positioned in this concept for a reason. Right. And it was about the narrative. It was about Ozark as a place and a space from an academic standpoint of students coming here and being trailblazers mm-hmm. or leading a new frontier of leaders in Arkansas. But also knowing that we're greatly connected to the outdoors. Mm -hmm. So let me bring this full circle. Earlier when we talked about things that appeal to me or don't appeal to me, 95% are not the same things that appeal to our constituents, correct? But then coming full circle, so the first group of people that got the admit box got the box. The freshman class comes in. We let them settle in for about a month. And then I get in front of several groups of them and do focus groups to try to see, did we get it right? Did we not? Negative feedback is often more helpful than the positive. And so this is what happened. So we got in there. I said, okay, what what did we do right? What did you like? And they're like, the box, the box. And then one person actually said, the box is the reason I came here. I had two schools and I got the box and I went to Ozarks. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's probably not the norm, but one did happen. Yeah. (laughs) My next question was, what was your favorite part of the box? And 70% of the class told me it was a canteen. Mm -hmm. What? I said, transparently, it took me two days to relay that back to Reggie because it hurt me a little. I was resistant to that at first, but I trusted the story. And then 70% Mm -hmm. of the students in that class, it was their favorite piece. Yeah, and understand that some of our favorite pieces was the buttons, right? Right. And I think the buttons was my favorite piece because, you know, hipsters wear buttons on their backpacks, plus these buttons connected, and you can elaborate on what those buttons are, but these buttons connected students to physical spaces in the Ozarks, so whether it was Hawk Creek Falls, whether it was Strawberry Bluffs, whether it was Lake Ludwig. So for us, we wanted students to visit those locations that are a few miles or 30 minutes, 20 minutes from the institution, because we know that their student experience is going to be connected to those amazing locations outside our university campus. Yeah. And then we took it one step further of, yes, you came here and you did that. What's next? This doesn't stop here. Continue to make this your experience without us picking Mm -hmm. the location. So once you go to those three locations, 
the intent was for them to go and still is for them to go to the Ozarks Outdoor office, mm-hmm. where is a place where all of our students can rent equipment for free. So kayaking, hammocks, things like that. Mm-hmm. But then that gets them in that office to see the resources and say, oh, I didn't know I could get a bike for free. I didn't know I could go rent a kayak and go on weekend. I didn't know they were having trips all semester long that now I don't have to worry about finding someone to go with me. I can right. go. And so it was to bring them full circle of if you enjoyed this, go here and then make it your own. So how do you connect the enrollment experience to the student experience and the student engagement? And we were very intentional about that. Yeah. I really appreciate that y'all are willing to share kind of the dark side, the uncut kind of reality of what it's like, because it can seem easy. It can seem glossy when you see the edited version. Well, one of the things I do want to talk about is the human capital, right? Mm-hmm. It's the team that you put together and how do you move beyond what was traditional admissions mm-hmm. and marketing and really re-envision what enrollment marketing can look like yeah. and it's supposed to look like. So the human capital can be your internal human resource, which is your staff and your team, but also the partners and industry that you decide to collaborate with. Mm-hmm. Um, those things are vital and important to the survival of a university, mm-hmm. those business partnerships. Yeah. We love to work with people that work and operate outside of higher ed. Because I think it's so easy to get stuck in higher ed and this is what's standard or this is what's the norm. And it's working with a film company who we sat down and we said, okay, here's our next step. Here's our goal. This is our strategy. Help us figure out how we get there with your creative eye. And it's a week later getting example from a farm supply commercial and says, how about this? And the initial reaction would be like, how in the world is that going to yeah. relate? Like what? This is like ranchers. And I mean, I was sold because there's a horse in it. But I mean, <laughs> and really being able to say, okay, for that professional and that group to be able to say, this is why we're recommending this doesn't have your traditional voiceover for mm-hmm. your recruitment video. Yeah. This lets the student, this lets the stakeholder interpret the experience for themselves. Mm-hmm. And you guys want the experience. You want them to interpret their experience for themselves and connect with them. And we said, absolutely. And we've got a lot of positive right. feedback. Mm-hmm. But I think it's so important to say, okay, working with CMP, CMP wasn't just in higher ed in that space. And so it was being able to say, look at Amazon, look at this, mm-hmm. and let's bring it to higher ed. Let's do it. And it wasn't in higher ed before that. And so I think. We can't get stuck in higher ed, and I think that's vital. And too often, as business managers, we believe in these loose relationships with you know our business partners. Mm-hmm. And here at Ozarks, Amy and I, also President Dunsworth, believes in these close, intimate relationships with mm-hmm. people who are going to not only serve the institution, but also be ambassadors for the institution. Mm-hmm. So Andy McIntyre, Andy Atlantic Films, is a great friend of ours, but also gives us advice on, in terms of the direction and the creative space that we should mm-hmm. be in. Jared, you and Katrina, you know, we have a great relationship with you. And not only are we getting products and services from you, but also we're getting advice, mm-hmm. consultation, and also current trends out there in the market. Because in higher ed, we live in a vacuum and we don't see outside of higher ed. And yeah. so putting the and positioning those companies or those people around you is very important in the success or failure of an enrollment division. Yeah, I agree. It takes so long to find folks where there's good chemistry. Mm -hmm. Working in higher ed, every institution is different. 
It's yeah. going to have its own unique fingerprint. Yeah. There are sort of these broad challenges that we all face, but the unique story that you're facing at your institution, the, the nuances of northern Arkansas versus southern Arkansas, those are things that can only sort of be conveyed from one firm to another right. over time mm-hmm. and sort of working together to collaborate. In that and way. also having the audacity to allow you and your team to do research and development on us, right? Right. Because yeah. we have to carve out that small space. Yep. Who knows whether it'll work or not, but yeah. allowing you to have and do research and development on an institution is well, important. In that mentality of let's fail fast, let's learn and iterate, yeah. in my mind, hearing you all say things like that, it's like fireworks are going off because mm-hmm. I'm thinking this is the broader theme that's yes, happening across all of industry. Right. The idea that if you look at an Amazon or a Facebook or a Google There's a very cogent argument to be made that the reason those companies are able to be so successful Mm -hmm. is because they have all these methods of gathering information Mm -hmm. in real time Mm -hmm. and bringing it into the organization, synthesizing it, and acting on it very quickly. You know, I think I read somewhere that Facebook at any given time has something like 10,000 different tests, live tests on their platform. And you all have kind of captured that spirit, brought it in the organization, had leadership that was open to it, found partners who said, yeah, this seems like a fun thing to do. Let's get together and try this. And it's really about studying the data and absorbing the information, mm-hmm. but not being trapped by the data. Right. And finding those creative opportunities to really push your brand. Well, and I think it's such a great point because you hear so much talk about data, data, data. Every enrollment manager I talk to is like, you got to love the numbers. You got to love the numbers. And they're right, but it's yeah. not, it is necessary, but it's not right. sufficient. It's not the entire story. Kind of reminds me of, you know, Steve Jobs is like, if I just talk to my customers, they don't know what they want. You have to take a little bit of a creative leap, a little yeah. bit of a risk. Even, you know, reminds me of David Ogilvie, kind of the grandfather mm-hmm. of modern advertising. Mm-hmm. He, back in the 50s, was saying, hey, folks, pump the brakes on all this research. We're getting Mm -hmm. a little too focused on what the statistics say. We need to be willing to kind of break out of that. That's where all the good stuff is. You have to know who your target audience is. You have to know how to find new audiences. But if you don't capture their attention, Mm -hmm. uh, there's no way you're going to bring them into your community. Right. That's what we're talking about. And a very real easy example is social media. And so, like I said, our director of strategy and analytics is amazing. And so the data that I have to target the right people is all her. Mm -hmm. But if we throw that up there and we just throw an ad on it and say, well, we're going to hit our people, but it's the wrong creative, then it's not effective. It's right. a waste yeah. of our money. Yep. And it may be even more detrimental yeah. than helping because right. we're hitting the audience, but we're hitting them with poor creative so that they keep scrolling. They don't even notice or they can see bad creative and it can be their first impression of Ozarks and it can be a negative. Right. Creative will get them to stop scrolling. And social media is such undervalued attention. But the goal is, is that how do you get that individual to stop scrolling or stop mm-hmm. clicking? And that's what we study day in, day yep. out their behavior, and what will get them to stop scrolling and capture their attention. Mm -hmm. Well, that is really good advice and a great place to kind of wind down on. Okay, one little parting piece for the folks listening to this. I'd love to hear from both of you. Someone's listening to this and says, yeah, that's wow, that sounds great. I'm fired up. I'm ready to do this. But I don't know if my entire team is going to, you know, it's going to be a battle. Mm -hmm. And maybe I don't have leadership that's entirely open to this. What advice do you have for someone sitting in that position, maybe something they could do to at least get a step in the right direction. It's so easy to walk into an environment or in a room and know that you have something that could help. 
It could help the mm-hmm. people around you. It could help the institution overall, not for self gain, but to help the institution. And there's resistance to that. And if it becomes a power struggle, if it becomes a forceful idea, mm-hmm. it's failure. Yeah. The most valuable thing that we have now is our team. Our developer, Reggie, me, and mission counselors, our data person, our registrar. Our team has the ability to get in a room, throw stuff on a whiteboard, have crucial conversations, have some of them, I won't say heated, but they may be, we see different sides of the room. So bringing everyone involved. So if it seems like marketing wants to do this and you don't have a choice, I never recommend that because I don't work with current students for registration. I don't Mm -hmm. know what current students Mm -hmm. go to our website to look for daily. So it's walking into the registrar's office and saying, what do students come in here for? What do they struggle with? Mm-hmm. She's like, well, listen, they bring their iPad in here on this, and this page isn't mobile responsive, or they can't ever find this. Mm-hmm. And then it's bringing the developer in the room and saying, this is the feedback in our shift in students, and could we do it this way? We are blessed with the killer developer. Mm-hmm. And she's saying, yeah, you could do that, but why don't you do this? And we're like, yeah, that's perfect. Let's Great do that. Idea. And yeah. it's knowing that you don't know everything. You can't operate in silos. And it's getting in a room and having strategic patience and truly listening and being open to accepting your colleagues' advice. Because if you walk in with the mindset of this is how it needs to be done, I think you're setting yourself up for failure. And what yeah. Amy is talking about is leading in a moment and collaborative leadership. Mm-hmm. And leadership is about influence. And if you can't influence your team and the individuals around you to act, it's already failed. Mm-hmm. So that's probably, you know, strategic patience and, and figuring out how to lead a team to success is very important to us. Good stuff. Well, thank you both so much for being here, being so open and sharing all the great stuff and tough stuff that you've experienced in an institution. I wish you guys the best of luck for years to come. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for having right, us. Thank you. Higher Ed Marketing Lab is produced by Echo Delta, a full-service marketing firm dedicated to helping higher education institutions drive enrollment, increase yield, and capture donors' attention. For more information, visit echodelta.co. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. And as always, if you have questions, suggestions, episode ideas, or just want to reach out and say hi, drop us a line at podcast at echodelta.co. See you next time.